your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside the 201st episode of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar out in Canmore. And holy news, the World Juniors on the ropes, but we still think it's going to go on. But we are seeing players, coaches falling left, right, center. And Team Canada, they're out of quarantine, but five players sent home, including one who will be very much of interest to Ottawa Senators fans. Speaking of Ottawa Senators, goalie-friendly show, Matt Murray, his new Sens helmet is out. And it's controversial. Hey, the good news? Are we about to find out when we'll see it in game action? All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Thursday, December 10th in Pilsy. On the 274th day, Gary Bettman said, let there be Ottawa Senators hockey. Yeah, by the time you guys are hearing this, we're hoping things will be fully in place. I mean, there's there's tentative things, and the start date is supposed to be January 13th. We're looking at a 56-game regular season that's been proposed, but who knows? All bets are off, but at least it's nice to know that that January 1st idea just wasn't going to happen. I don't think it takes uh, much knowledge to know that that wasn't going to work. So you get pushed back 12 days. I think that's the right idea. Hopefully things can go as planned. But I think the biggest piece of news we got, because this is actual confirmed news, is that the disputes or the planning for this season is no longer about financial issues, which is great because the players did not deserve to have the owners go back on their deal they just signed months ago. Like, that was just crazy that the owners were trying to do that. So I'm glad for the players that that didn't happen. I'm glad for the league. And most of all, I'm glad for us, a Daily Sense podcast, that it looks like we're getting much closer to NHL action here. Don't worry, we will get to the controversy that was Matt Murray's first Ottawa Senators bucket. But Pilsy, I'm going to dive a little further into this start date. It's going to be no exhibition games, obviously. Why is it worth the cost? If fans can't be in the arena in general, you want to have the shortest training camps possible. Do you still think that the week that was promised for the seven teams not a part of the return to play, will they still get extra time at training camp? The timeline here... You're starting January 13th, and you got to think around New Year, everybody will have to be in camp. Well, according to Frank Saravalli on his uh, TSN article, it said that training camps will start on January 2nd. Like you said, no exhibition games. The non-playoff teams may be able to start on the 28th. So not a full week, but yet a couple extra days. And look, for people that are saying this is ridiculous, the uh, Senators and the other teams that weren't in the playoffs haven't played in so long, this isn't fair. Well... <laughs> This is a global pandemic. Not everything is going to be fair. There's going to be compromises. we got to do what we can do. If you get a couple extra days in training camp, I think that's at least nice. Then you can get some uh, red versus white scrimmages going, at least try to mimic some competitive game action and fight for those spots in camp. But I think at this point, we got to take what we can get, and I'll take anything if it means an NHL season is coming back to the ice. 
Not a math guy. Don't pretend to be, but by a 56-game schedule, all-Canadian division, by the sounds of it, it's going to be Ottawa-Toronto, Battle of Ontario, 10 times. Same goes for the Montreal Canadiens. And then you play Winnipeg nine times, Edmonton nine, Calgary nine, and yes, you guessed it, the same for Vancouver. I'm curious to know how that scheduling will go, whether it's going to be an in-and-out rotation in a pod type thing, or if we're going to see more of a baseball-style schedule where you go and you play three or four games against the same opponent. That's where I'm hoping it lands. I think it's pretty much been confirmed that they're looking at more of a baseball-style way of doing it. And I think that's the way to do it. And that's kind of fun. You get, like, little mini playoff series. Another thing I wanted to point out that is so crucial here is what a blessing it is that the AHL team for the Senators moved from Binghamton to Belleville. That is such a massive bonus here because you're looking at the teams out West that have their AHL teams in the States. They're not going to be able to call those guys up. They're going to have to make plans. Like, I don't know what their uh, thinking is going to be. Like, do you, do you put the players that you think are most NHL ready? Do you keep them in the minors to keep them developing and playing games? Or do you bring them up and have them as black aces being ready to hop in if there's injuries or, or stuff like that? I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how teams, those Western Canadian teams that have their farm teams in the States are going to handle this. Well, Vancouver's the worst case scenario because not only is it in the States versus in Canada, it's also in Utica, New York. And Vancouver, British Columbia, like already 4,000 kilometers away. So that is a complete nightmare. Lucky for Ottawa, lucky for Winnipeg. They got the Manitoba Moose playing in the same building. They probably have it the best out of anyone. But it's also going to be interesting, like, who are the AHL teams? Is it going to be an all-Canadian division there too, do you think? I, I think so. And it's interesting that you mentioned it'd be an advantage for Winnipeg because I think in, in that same Frank Saravalli article that I was referencing, Winnipeg is going through some major COVID problems right now. And they're talking about maybe not even being able to play home games for the Jets. So the Moose would be in the same situation, obviously. And I think San Jose is another team that uh, the area that they reside in, the government laws may not allow them to play there. So this is going to be just, it's going to be a gong show, but we're going to try to get through it as best as we can. And if there's hockey on the ice, whatever happens off the ice it is, uh, it, it's obviously concerning, but the most important thing is we get NHL hockey back safely, safely, of course. I think that all the players would agree with you. And we saw that in a case where the government won't allow it, other cities will be more than happy to open their arms a la Toronto, Tampa, Raptors situation now you mentioned a red versus white scrimmage would it not be black versus white now that you rock the the home black 2d but hold on a second that black jersey with a gray bucket I don't know man your thoughts on the Matt Murray lackluster unveiling of his new bucket well hashtag goalie friendly show so we'll uh, we'll take it easy on him look I don't I don't think it's good and I don't think it's terrible. It's This is a classic meh case. Like, And the thing that I dislike the most about this, and you know, it's, maybe it's Murray's style, whatever, that's fine. This is almost a carbon copy of his helmet setup or his mask setup in Pittsburgh. Like, come on, do something a little different. Throw something else in there. And I, this one, I'll, I'll uh, toss this one off to you because this grinds your gears to, uh, to infinity is what is going on with that S on Matt Murray's helmet. Did anyone not tell him that the logo is the letter O, not the S? 
Well, you know that the S, it's on the shoulder patch, right? It's almost like that S forgot to get dressed with its big outside circle and he forgot to put on his cape and you're just shoving it in the front of the helmet. Why? For symmetry, maybe? I don't know. Other than that, there's just so much more that could have been done. And we've been spoiled in the past. Sens tendies seem to always come through with having an at least a, a flashy bucket. I think... All he would have needed to do is drop that little ass at the front, throw a gold cage on it, and all of a sudden, you're looking pretty sharp. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, the Senators just went through one of the most exciting logo changes. You got the the new logo, the new jerseys, the reverse retro. Like, there's so much potential for color and, and flashiness, and you went with gray? Hmm. Yeah, could be better. Anyways, you know that it's been 274 days since hockey when we're breaking down Matt Murray's helmet to that extent. The bottom line is, if he stops the puck, he's going to be a very successful goalie in Ottawa. How's that for the hot take of the day on the Locked On Senators podcast? Okay, let's turn our attention to the Nodak Sens, a depleted Nodak Sens after Jake Sanderson and Tyler Clevin, the K-Train, are off to Plymouth trying to get ready for the world juniors if they end up there we'll get to some other teams that are struggling to ice rosters and wow coaching staff's now an issue with team sweden as well but nodak still a valiant effort against an 0-2-1 denver team that frankly is not a winless team so they were hungry they came out it was still a one goal game denver with a 3-2 win let's start with the sens prospects shane pinto two assists nodak scores two goals Pretty successful night still with him in the face-off circle as well. Yeah, absolutely. Shane Pinto is doing what, what he does. And he one of his assists was, you guessed it, a clean face-off win. What a like, man, when Shane Pinto wins those face-offs, like the play that happens after is so smooth and so perfect because they're expecting, they're almost guaranteed that he's gonna win that face-off. Like we saw it at the start of I think it was the second period where he won the face-off to Sanderson. Sanderson gets it to Gaber and Gaber scores in the breakaway. Well, this was an offensive zone face-off. Pinto wins it back to Kirstad. Kirstad over to Kawaguchi and bang, it's a goal in what under five seconds. seconds. Yeah. That's incredible. That that's how you set up a play. And there's nothing that uh, the opponents can do there. I think it was a good game by Shane Pinto, but the real story for Pinto is at the end when he got absolutely rocked and uh, was favoring his shoulder. I'd just like to say off the top, though, that was a clean hit. I mean, yeah, a good, very clean. yeah, good on his teammate for sticking up for him and kind of giving it back to the Denver player there. But that's a clean hockey hit. You can't get too upset with that. Yeah, and it was just kind of an awkward situation because the play, the Denver player stepped out of the box and Pinto just didn't see him. So peripherally he was fine he's like okay I'm, I'm counting guys on the ice it's it's a power play situation for us I have time and then wow right out of nowhere uh, and they reviewed the play for head contact any head contact is a major penalty and a game misconduct and they decided against that so at that time Shane Pinto 17 and 7 in the face-off circle no surprise there but what we did notice and he did come back and play in that position where he got hit was in, later on in the third period he went 0-2 in offensive zone face-offs after that in a situation where Denver was goalie pulled trying to even the game up. Do you think that's maybe a sign that Pinto is favoring his shoulder? 100%. I mean, when you got a guy that can go 18-0 in the face-offs and then he gets hit and has a – it looks like he hurts his shoulder, that's a pretty clear sign that uh, it was affected with his face-off losses. 
and Denver was the team the first time they played that Pinto had that perfect 18-0 record against. So in two games, he's 35-9 and against Denver so far in the pod. I paused because it just sounds so unrealistic to say he's over 70% still. As for JBD, he had a little bit more weight and responsibility on his shoulders, as we mentioned, without the two freshmen in the lineup. How do you think he played on Tuesday night? I think JBD had another solid game. I mean, we saw he had a couple... he broke the play up a little bit in the defensive zone when he had to get get back and catch the guy with the puck. He This is a classic JBD game where you don't see a whole lot of him, but that's a good thing because that means he's not making major mistakes and he's not a guy that's going to really uh, surprise you offensively. I mean, he has had a couple decent wrist shots. He had a nice spinorama move a couple games ago where he drew a penalty, but JBD, he's he's a very um, he stays on an even plateau. He doesn't get too high and too low, and that's what you like. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you like from a defenseman from time to time. You don't want them getting too high, too low. So I think another solid game by JBD. And he's going to have to bear a lot of this weight with Clevin and Sanderson gone. So we'll see if he can hold it up the rest of the way. Tonight, North Dakota is going up against Minnesota Duluth, where Luke Lohight is playing. Uh, One note on him, not a whole lot. He's playing on the fourth line, but he did move from right wing to center. So uh, he's getting reps in the middle of the ice, which just shows that Scott Sandlin does see him as a little bit more of a defensively responsible player. He took over for Blake Biondi, who is a name a lot of people are hearing, a freshman coming out. He was Mr. Hockey in the state of Minnesota last season in a high school situation. So Luke Lohite shifting to the center of the ice. So you like to see that. And it's he's going to be going up against some tough competition. But what he has going for him is that Minnesota's goalie, who hadn't played a single game before this year, right? Because they had that Tendy who basically st- Hunter stole Shepherd. Hunter Shepard. Yeah, you couldn't get him out of the net. And now this new guy comes in, not sure his name, but I can tell you that he was the goalie of the week in the first week of the pod. So going to be some great hockey on NCHC TV. The two guys calling the game, Alex Heinert and Jake Brandt. And on tomorrow's episode of the show, Jake Brandt will join us to talk about the atmosphere in the pod, the Sens prospects in general. And does he like the nickname, the K train? Maybe you'll hear it on a broadcast if he does, but Pilsy great chat with Jake. And hopefully we can chat with him again here after the pod. Yeah, for sure. And hey, goalie friendly show. He's a former goalie himself with UND. So it's always great to get him on the show. And this is a guy that knows the area well, like he talks about it. uh, A lot of people that play at UND come back and uh, maybe run some politics there if they feel like it, we get into that too. But it's a good area and he loves being there. And you can tell that he's got some passion when he's talking about uh, North Dakota, especially. So it was a great interview. And he's a really candid uh, conversational guy. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And he was talking about how North Dakota, they're feeling the effects of this world junior situation, but not in the same way that Team Sweden, Team Germany, and Team Canada, who just finished a 14-day quarantine. Really tough news for Ridley Gregg. As you recall, in late November, he tested positive for the virus, and he did his 14-day isolation. He was about to get back, and then Team Canada has to go into a full quarantine again so that's 28 days and then he's told see you later you're unfit to play so the worst part of that not even being cut from team canada but sounds like pilsy he's still suffering from some uh, symptoms of the coronavirus yeah and that's just terrible news i mean not uh, just for sense prospects for any of these young hockey players that are 
I don't want to say risking their lives, but they're, they're, they're taking risks trying to keep their hockey career going and to keep their development going and uh, playing for their country and world juniors. But the, where this kind of confused me, Ross, is I thought it was reported that Ridley Gregg was asymptomatic. So I, I'm surprised that he, he now is, is starting to feel some of these symptoms heavily. Yeah, so we wish a very speedy recovery for Ridley Gregg. Really hope that he can get through this. He said his lung's still not 100%. So WHL season is aiming to get underway January 8th. We'll keep our eye on Ridley. And like we said, we wish him nothing but the best of health and hopefully makes a speedy and full recovery. Whereas in Sweden, yes, you had players that can't go anymore. Some because they tested positive. Others just due to close contact and not being able to be a part of the travel party. William Wallinder, uh, an early second round pick. William Eklund, who might be a top five pick in the 2021 draft. But where it really gets interesting is not one, not two, not three, but four of the coaches are unavailable due to testing positive for the coronavirus. So at this point, you're not supposed to be adding anyone in an emergency situation. They're allowing the U18 coach to step behind the bench so that they have more than one coach. If this was minor hockey, you wouldn't even have someone to open the door on each end of the bench. So a really tough spot here for Team Sweden. Yeah, just heartbreaking that uh, this kind of thing happens. And this is, this is what we're dealing with here. And you you have to take all precautions that once these players get into the bubble, that every single person players, coaches, equipment managers, um, you know, doctors, physicians, all these people that are coming along, they, they have to test negative because once the, the only way the bubble works is if everyone gets in there negative and no one leaves and no one comes in. And that's, that's what you got to try to do here. So it's tough that team Sweden is having these major pieces to their team, not being able to come with, but you, you have to do what's best for the entire tournament, and that's the situation it is. And Team Germany, also another team suffering heavily from this. Yeah, in the lineup, it just says Team Germany screwed because now they don't even have that last saving grace where they had that top line that was so electric. All three draft eligibles last year. Timmy Superstar between J.J. Paterka and Lucas Reichel. Well, Lucas Reichel is also unavailable for the tournament now, and two more defensemen. So you are getting very thin and you couple that with Marit Sider unavailable. He's going to stay in the SHL and their starting goalie can't come either. So, Oh man, Pilsy, you might have to grab your pads. You got your German passport or what? I don't have my German passport, but Hey, I could dust off the, the pillows if need be. And uh, I'd have to get those goalie skates sharpened. That's for sure though. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you're actually still out in Alberta where things are getting a little dicey. So you're about to hop in the car. This is one of those rare times, just full disclosure, we're recording here. It's about 3.30 on, um, on Wednesday. So this is Thursday's episode. Usually we record the morning of the show, but today we just had to make a special arrangement. We do have the Jake Brandt interview. We, we recorded with him just a bit earlier today. So we'll have that for you on Friday. It's also Alfie's birthday. So tweet us at Send Central. Make sure you let us know what's your favorite Alfie moment. And maybe give us two because number one, how could it not be the goal against Buffalo to send Ottawa to their first Stanley Cup finals in modern day history? So let us know there at Send Central and make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Senators podcast. And remember, 274 days without hockey. We've been here every step of the way. So it's your number one home for Daily Senators content and even more so once the season gets going. Thank you very much for listening. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team 
every day.